Really, I, I just need Keith and Bob to hold on for like a while. <laughs> I'm getting worried as we get to the end of 2016. <laughs> look, look, this is kind of ridiculous. How <laughs> when you said Bob, I was like Bob. <laughs> But, like, what are you going to say, Robert? Like, I don't yeah, like what? No. <laughs> who the hell is Bob? I know who Bob is. <laughs> it's like, it just seems so informal. Yep. <laughs> Robert. He's on, he's on a, a nickname basis with most of the world. My buddy. Hello and welcome to the Girls Who Came to Sugar Bakers, where nerds and platonic life partners Aaron and Leslie watch episodes of Designing Women, then recap, review, and share other fun things related to the show. I'm Leslie. And I'm Aaron. What's up? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, <laughs> for a second, I like forgot we're recording. I was just going to start talking to you. <laughs> you can do that, too. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what we do anyway, I guess. Um, would you like to go over the really cool holiday for today? Yes. Today's ho holiday is Funny. women's wind. Wind. <laughs> no, fucked oh. up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't even been drinking. Women's Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's, that's hard to say. It's it also because we like W I M I N S. Women's Women's Wednesday. Um. So it's women's entrepreneurship. Say that ten times fast. Day. Um, it's technically every day, but like today is the official celebration day. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can use the hashtag choose women and go to choosewomen.org to like learn more about it. Um, and it's their social media campaign is today with that hashtag to support women owned and led businesses around the world. So great. And on our very special episode of Designing Women, uh, we will be oh, celebrating. Yes. What are we celebrating tomorrow? Uh, so tomorrow is World AIDS Day, uh, which really goes in line with. I kept hoping that this would we, work out. Yeah, actually, we had really good timing on this, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, I remember like earlier on, I was like, maybe this will work out, and then I think we like mm-hmm. missed a week, and then it just kind of it was like faded, you know. Yeah. That we were going to. Uh... So World AIDS Day, the first World AIDS Day was December first, nineteen eighty-eight. So it was the December after uh, this episode aired. And um, uh, we're going to post about, <laughs> I don't know, we didn't really go over what we want to say right now. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to post a link to the World AIDS Day website. But basically, uh, World AIDS Day, I'm going to read from what they said because they could say things better than I do. I don't want to put too much of my own opinions right now. They'll come up later. Uh, World AIDS Day is important because it reminds the public and government that HIV has not gone away. There is still a vital need to raise money, increase awareness, fight prejudice, and improve education. Um, Some of the ways that you can get involved, uh, again, they're going to be on that link, but you can wear red ribbon tomorrow. uh, Well, it'll be today, right? Thursday, Mm -hmm. December 1st is World AIDS Day is what I should say. We're recording on Wednesday. Uh, A little bit of... (laughs) A little bit of sneak peek into our lives. But, um, yeah, wearing a red ribbon or wearing red in general, I tend to wear red if I have it. And uh, you also can raise money for the NAT, the National AIDS Trust. Um, That link will be also on the the page that they have a a donate link. And um, they have events, actually, like all around the world. Like some places have, uh, I remember the AIDS blanket was a big thing thing the first time i knew about AIDS day and uh i remember they play things on tv and you can do things like watch like angels in america and you know they're all there's so many wonderful not wonderful but things to yeah there are ways i mean there are wonderful things but it's like sad obviously also on top of it watch this episode Um, you can watch this episode a really good golden girls episode where uh, Rose has an AIDS scare because she gets a blood transfusion. Oh, right. So it's like more ways than like people, you know, who aren't educated about it. Just assume, you know, oh, well, it's only one type of people who get it. But then Rose has a scare just from a blood transfusion. That's a good episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you know what year that one aired? Um, I can tell you. It'll be around this time. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't think about that. 
<laughs> it was like I'm trying to figure I'm trying to gauge, you know, since neither of us were really cognizant of what was going on and definitely at this point in time. And uh, I'm just kinda it's really interesting to go back and think about what the you know, the temperature was mm-hmm. for people. Still, I mean, it's a lot of fear, which is still accurate. Yeah. And, that, and I think actually it's even more important for World Aid, AIDS Day to be uh, held up now because people seem to think it's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess it is more common for people to have HIV right. than um, treatment. Yes, like people can, and people can live longer and that kind of thing, but it's still, awareness is really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, so the episode of the Golden Girls is called 72 Hours and it aired in 1990, so. Oh, so, okay, so after, like, after. they, like, started, cool, cool, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, so did you have a sugar baker moment? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, forgot. I did. Um, so Ooh, I had were you going to jump into the episode? I felt it I too. Was. I was going to just jump in and I was like, wait, no, 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 no. We have to like talk. We have to do our little schmooze and talking thing we do. Um, so I had a roomie date last night. That was fun. Oh yeah. Um, Mel's and I went and saw the edge of 17 for cheap Tuesday and, mm-hmm. um, it was okay. It was, I mean, it's, like, well-made and well-done. It wasn't quite as funny as we thought it would be. Like, we knew it was supposed to be a dark comedy. Um, mm-hmm. But there was more, like, drama and angst than uh, comedy. But it was still good. Um, Woody drama Harrison angst is, is everywhere right now. Oh, um, I know. The one with Haley Seinfeld. And yeah. I really like her. Yeah. Um, I just, I and it was remember. really, really awkward. And so... <laughs> At one point, yeah. Mills was like hiding behind her. Oh, she was like so uncomfortable yes. because we've all been there. And like, was it like bodily things, like being no, a teenager and yeah. being like, oh no, yeah, and, like, just, like doing like like Facebook messages that you type out or something, and then you accidentally send them when you're just, like, <gasps> you know, like stuff like that. And then the, the one of the guys that maybe has like a little crush on her is like very very awkward and like too talkative and awkward and like says too much Um, oh no so i tend to not find that stuff funny i just heavily empathize with whoever yeah you have the secondhand like embarrassment is the thing okay i see i can tell it's awkward like you know how other comedies just get really like dirty or that kind of i mean there was it was rated r but it wasn't like that that wasn't like super overdone um and woody harrelson was like really good um comedic i love him I think he's very underrated. I think so too. We just watched uh, "Now You See Me" and "Now You See Me Too" last week. Oh right, yes. I had never seen, and he, I, I loved his character in that. Oh man, huh? So yeah, we had fun. What? Uh, what's I your sugar? He's like, I think he's like a uh, raw vegan too. That oh, was like really? a thing. Yeah, that he like ends up eating a lot. I think in True Detective, and so they had like all this like fake food for him. I'm pretty sure is what I like heard. Uh, and he's like a big like animal rights activist and all that. Oh, yeah, fun. yeah. Uh, my sugar baker moment. Okay, so let's see. I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to say. It's been kind of an intense week, yeah. but I think mine was probably my when I did well in my internship that I was really really nervous. I had to be shadowed. I'm, I'm kind of coming down to the end. It's, it's within the last month. Actually, I think just have like three weeks left or so. And I know so close and uh, I'm really, I'm really exhausted. I'm feeling I'm ready to like be done. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's less hard than it was in the beginning. You know, like I've gotten used to certain things and I'm kind of feel like, okay, but I'm like ready to, and I think it's also cause I'm in grad school at the same time. I'm ready for the semester to be over. But, um, I had to be shadowed by my supervisor this week and that was I've been dreading this for like weeks I think he told me maybe like a month ago that he wanted to shadow me and there's something weird that like he like hadn't set up a time to shadow the other intern and and I don't know and, and if that's true and maybe that's because she, she's not interested in continuing uh with chaplaincy and maybe like I don't know I have no idea they have a different relationship than he and I do apparently according to her and it's just like strange so I was very very nervous about doing well um especially because like I'm kind of have been doing well (laughs) and I'm kind 
I'm like, oh, this could just burst my bubble, you know, even though I do have like hard times, but I was like, he could be like, okay, this is like real shit and you need to like get so much better or something. I have no idea. And it's hard to do well when you're being like literally watched, you know, like I'm, I'm in a hospital setting and I'm going in and it's weird. Like I'll have a person with me who's like not talking, you know, and just just watching and being luckily so he told and he told me um i didn't know if he was going to follow me around for like an hour and if i was going to talk to a whole bunch of people or like what the whole situation so he told me he wanted me to visit someone i'd visited before and then go see a new patient and i had been told uh by a nurse earlier that day that i should check on uh, had like a few people that she wanted me to check on which was very in itself validating that she thinks that i uh add to the experience there and that's kind of the whole point <laughs> is to like make sure people um, get as much uh, care and attention as they can um, in the setting. And so I went back to see a woman and her cousin that I like barely introduced myself to uh, last week, but I heard she had hurt herself and not like, I mean, not like on purpose, like she no, likes, you know, not like, yeah, not like on purpose. She had, she had, she had gotten hurt uh, in the night and they don't really know exactly what it was, like like a muscle in her back, it spasmed or something. And um, so I was going to check in on her, and it was really nice because, and it was, you know, like I had my supervisor with me who, like he had, I mean, we meet every week to talk, but like he hadn't really seen me do anything besides the first time that he like walked around and showed me how to talk to people <laughs> as a chaplain. And so it was like, I was just so freaking nervous. I wanted to get it over with. I was just so nervous. And it was great because... I also uh, challenged myself to uh, pray with them. I feel like this is very, like, personal, but whatever. Podcasts are all about, you know, like, self-exploitation a little bit, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I challenged myself to do some of the things that I knew I should. I mean, I, I, was, doing, I, was, I was behaving naturally, but... I was lucky that I didn't completely blank out and I was able to keep my wits about me and do things. And then it was great because uh, we went and had like a little debrief afterwards. And um, he was a very complimentary gave me, he knows I like to kind of grow and know how, where I can work and build upon things. So he gave me things to build upon and he showed me how, uh, what I did that worked. And he like uh, was very, very helpful. And then he was like, okay, I've seen all I need to see. So like that was a good moment that he was like that was such a good interaction that he's like yeah you you should just this reaffirms what everyone else has said is that you should be doing this and just continue and it was very nice now I have four more sessions uh, four more internships to get through before I'm uh, actually certified so this is just the first so it's like yay it's nice to have something at the beginning right away uh you know to keep you going get the momentum i'm sure it's gonna get like it's gonna get way harder but um that was that was one of the first very tangible apart from they had i think my teachers had also said you should go for certification but this is nice to hear it after someone has actually seen me in action be like yeah yeah you're you're doing the right thing you're doing the thing you need to be doing. Go do exactly. the thing. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, I've never had that uh, ever. Like I, you know, I've had, uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I've never really had a job that I liked apart from like when I like was working with you, like I've worked with people I like, or um, it was kind of a fun environment, but I never felt like career oriented. And so this is kind of like shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and also like, I mean, even in my undergrad, <laughs> when I was doing things, I was like, I'm not that good at this. I sometimes was good, but I'm like, eh, whatever. So that was like, oh, wow. Sure to break a moment, I guess. Yay. And also long. Sorry, guys. I hope these people don't mind the sound of my voice because <laughs> I have, no, God, that wasn't fishing for a compliment. I just meant like, I just, I'm such a rambler. I guess both of us take our turns talking though hopefully yeah yeah okay do you want to get into the episode though Let's do it tell them about Let's our do it. Yes. Like a game show host tell them about the prize <laughs> winning i just saw you with a tiny tiny microphone like on the prize break <laughs> yeah tiny tiny microphone why was it so tiny i, I don't, don't know. know you know what i'm talking about though right i do bob so barker sweet. and that very skinny little microphone Oh man, I want to get you one of those. Hey, if if we get you one of those, maybe you can sit back, you know, and yeah. like in your chair. 
with your tiny microphone. Just like stick it in your shirt. You don't even need to hold it. No. Okay. (laughs) I was waiting for you to start. Sorry. Oh, no. But you got to tell us what it's about. Oh, shit. You're right. (laughs) Talk about sitting back with a microphone. Come on now. Come on now. I was just like drinking some Coke Zero. (laughs) I was like, come on, Leslie. Okay, so this week we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, which aired October 5th, 1987. It's called Killing All the Right People. Ooh, that's a heavy title. That's a okay. heavy title. We'll talk about it. The news that a friend – oh, sorry. From TV Guide. The news that a friend is dying of AIDS gets Mary Jo fired up at a PTA debate on sex education. Uh, and it guest stars uh, Tony Goldwyn as Kendall. We've got Bernice. Uh, and then um, I don't remember who is Mrs. Salinger. Um, Which bitch she, face? That's, that's Imogen. Imogen. That's what I thought. So that's mm-hmm. Camilla Carr. And then Mrs. Jarvis, who is the other who debater, Carolyn, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's the that's played by Peggy Walton Walker. I had the IMDb no, page. I could have looked myself. That was kind of silly of me. Okay, that's okay. Uh, which uh, uh, Peggy Walton Walker in this? Oh, no. Wait, hold on. I have those switched. Wait. Johnson. Okay. Johnson is not Imogen. It's the other way around. Okay. Um, so Imogen is played by uh, is Peggy Walton Walker. Okay. And then the one who is the other debater. Right. Wait. Is wait, hold on. No, that's wait. right. What I just right say? Peggy Walton okay. Walker is Mrs. Jarvis. Oh wait, okay. no. So her. That I'm getting it switched. I'm sorry. Why do they have to be no, Jarvis and Jarvis? I don't think it's you. Yeah, is it wrong? You think on the IMDb page because Joan Roberts looks like the one who was like uh, debating because yeah. she reminded me a lot of Tammy Faye. Yeah, and that's why. I like so confused for a minute i mean she didn't have like her hair though and like face looked a little bit like her she didn't have like the giant eyelashes and the right hair color but i was like you know i knew she was going to be talking about some abstinence <laughs> 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 like, okay. so yeah but, look okay, them up on imdb Walker. uh yeah whatever <laughs> you can see and their faces <laughs> the great character actor uh tony goldwyn is ah! yeah I love him. I love his hair. I just, I love his uh, curly hair. God, he's so good in his hair. He's also his in hair. Scandal. Yeah, that's why I'm grunting like that. I, had I haven't no- seen him in that, but. I know. I, as we know, Scandal comes up a couple times. I've only seen like the first season and a half because then it got too much for me. But um, that's why I'm like grunting because he is so sexy in Scandal. It's like upsetting. I mean, he's aged very well. He has I'm aged. I'm looking at him right now. Like. Y'all, I will post a picture. Oof, goodness gracious. Well, we know I like anybody of all anything. (laughs) There's no, I was going to say like all ages, races, sexes, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I'm pretty, I mean, unless you're an asshole. And even if you're an asshole. Sometimes you're still pretty. Sometimes you're still pretty. (laughs) But uh, that's why I'm like so attracted to him because of how he was in Scandal. Although he's, I mean, he's kind of a dickhead, but he's so hot. Um. (laughs) But it's so cute to see him with like, and this is this was like pre ghost. See, that's the yes, thing. I knew him before from ghost. ghost. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's a horrible guy, ghost. Yeah, but he's uh, so cute. This, he's like, oh, he's just so cute with his like fluffy, fluffy hair, so and he's so little. He's like twenty seven or twenty six. Yeah. Baby. Okay, let's calm so, down. Wait, let's. Yeah. <laughs> So this actually, uh, like a couple of things um, in this episode, like I remembered the individual scenes. But I didn't mm-hmm. remember they were in this episode. I'm pretty sure this is my favorite episode because, like, all Please. of my favorite bits are in this. Episode. You're like, oh, this, like, you sent me like three, yeah. like, quotes and stuff. And I was like, I remember this happening, but I didn't know it was this episode. So, um, so I got into it I the same way that I was yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. Um. So before we even get started, my first note says Imogen is a bitch because it's true. Gosh, uh, so we started at Sugar Bakers. I attention to her in the beginning, but I knew that that was going to just backfire, just, that she's going to be horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we started at Sugar Bakers, and, and Imogen is like a, like, kind of, not a friend, but like an old acquaintance of Julia's, and mm-hmm. they're uh, doing something for her, design-wise. Um, but every time 
she and Julia get together, she has to brag about her son. And like, oh. if Payne does something, who is Julia's son, then her son, you know, is doing the same thing or doing better or doing whatever. And so, so it's like a competition. And Julia really does not give a shit about any of it like <laughs> she's not but she's a good business lady exactly she is not concerned with competing in any way shape or form with this woman well because she knows she would win well, that's why yeah but yeah. apparently the next day is imogen's birthday and um she is gushing about how her son is so thoughtful and he's gonna take her out to dinner and blah 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 blah. and so she asks of course Never. after pain so she can compare her son to pain and julia says that he's failing chemistry and then Imogen sounds really like, up. excited. That's <laughs> horrible. Pain is actually making straight A's. That's uh, a bullshit. You have to lie about the the. Sub, what is it? What is the word I'm looking for? The uh, when he does well, what is that called? Success. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's late. Whoa. It's dark outside. It's like midnight. Um, yes. That's horrible. So uh, yes, and they somebody points it out that you know pain is not failing chemistry he's actually making all a's and julia says but tomorrow's her birthday and that's much easier than going out and buying a scarf ha! horrible and so uh bernice calls that's another bernice! favorite thing about the episode bernice is in this episode and anthony like yes. all the cool people are in this episode um yes. and anthony is going to go pick her up because uh julia's mother is in europe i believe and she promised her that they would all, like, look after Bernice, who is her very close friend, while she's gone. I and hope this is, like, uh, this is the beginning of her being around. I know, me too. Yeah. And uh, so Julia also asks Anthony if he'll run, take her to run some errands, because, you know, she doesn't drive, so it's harder for her to get yeah. out. And um, Anthony is not very excited about this, but <laughs> and he kind of makes a remark about, you know, like, of course, you know, you asked me to do it or whatever. And she's like, actually, you know, I'm taking her to the symphony tonight. Yeah. Um, and she asks Mary Jo if she wants to come along, but Mary Jo can't because she has a PTA meeting. And Charlene comes in and she tells a story that's like not really necessary, but uh, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. She's talking about the mini mart she had to go to to get something and the guy didn't even speak English. And, like, have you noticed that all the mini-marts are being taken over by people from the Middle East or teenagers? Seems weird. All of the shopkeepers are either named Abdul or Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... I, I rewound that, like, multiple times. And I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, what's the point of this? interlude that doesn't have anything yeah. to do with episode. Um, yeah. And then, so Anthony has a box of, like, all this radio equipment. And he's talked to the local radio station into letting him borrow it to do interviews with the local high school kids after mm -hmm. football games um, to promote school spirit and all of that. And then he does in his best man white man voice and to get Anthony some extra credit in his communications class. Oh, God. I love his white yep. man voice. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Um, and this is where they bring up uh, Kendall Dobbs, who uh, everybody knows. Um, I guess he grew up around them and maybe it like worked for them. I kind of got the feeling at some point, maybe like in high school or whatever. They, oh, okay. Cause I know they did design house together. Yeah. They did design house. So maybe that's what okay. it was. They knew. Yeah. yeah they knew him from so that. And, yeah. Um, he, so he, what if he was like, what if he was like an intern when he was like trying to like learn how to design and stuff. How yeah, cute would that be? That would be adorable. Yeah. And uh, he used to be, like, in college, he was a sound engineer and a DJ. So he's going to help Anthony out with all the equipment and doing the interviews and stuff. And they just keep talking about what a nice guy he is and how much they love him and how cute he is. Yeah. And um, Mary Jo casually mentions that, like, one morning or one weekend she dropped that she had to clean out her garage or something just while he was there. And he was at her house the next morning at 8 a.m., worked all day long, and refused to take any money. Ugh. It's like, oh, he's so, so cute. Ugh, I love him. And uh, Bernice calls and she's waiting on Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. poor, uh, I think it's Suzanne, says, uh, you know, first we have to deal with Imogen Salinger. And now Mrs. Clifton is coming to pick out fabric for her sofa. She's called me every single day ranting about Maureen Reagan living in the White House. <sighs> and upset that the taxpayers have to pay room and board for a big strapping girl like that. I mean, what? I don't know. Like, what? what is happening? Again, out of context, like, what? I don't understand what you guys are talking about uh, at all. At least for this, it's Bernice, though. So, like, no one. Yeah. Knows. And at this point, Kendall comes in, and he's adorable. 
Mm-hmm. And he's bringing by a cord that he forgot to give Anthony to work with his equipment. And then they talk about, you know, they bring up Design House and how much fun they had with him. Yeah. And uh, he was like, he's glad that he had to drop off the cord because he wants to take this opportunity to ask them to accept a special project because he's like way too close to it to be objective <laughs> about it. And this is where he tells them he wants him to plan his funeral. And, like, will design his funeral. Yeah. And Mary Jo's like, why do you want us to do that? And he says, yeah. I'm dying and I like your taste. I'm like, but you're just a kid. And yeah. this is where he tells them that he has AIDS. Um, he's been tested three times and all times have come up positive. Mm-hmm. And this is where we begin. Like, it's sad, but this is kind of where they, the writers put in, like, the educational information. Yes. They work it into the story, I think, very well. That, like, they're telling you, like, a PSA, but it's not overt. Um, Yeah, it's not preachy. I don't know. It's not like we're reading a science book or something, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah, because Suzanne's just like, and not even, not judgingly, not mean, not like she's trying to be vindictive. She just, like, points out, oh, you know, I I didn't know you were gay. And he Mm -hmm. says, well, I am, you know, but you don't have to be. When I was in the hospital, I was next to a 65-year-old grandfather who got it from a blood transfusion. And Mm -hmm. on the other side of me was an 18-year-old girl who got it from her boyfriend who got it from a girl he used to date. So they're kind Mm -hmm. of planting the seed here that, like, it's not just gay people who are suffering from this. Um, Yeah. And he tells, they're they're asking about his family, you know, because he wants them to do all of this stuff. And he says, you know, his, his family's not here. And his parents were really upset. And in fact, they were more upset about the gay part than the dying part. Yeah. Which oh, is man. tragic. Yes. Um, and so, you know, he's talking about his parents being upset and he doesn't want them to be stuck paying for anything. So he's going to pay for everything before he dies. And he wants them to just treat it like a decorating job. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. The, the, the funeral home that he's planning everything at specializes in AIDS patients because a lot of them a lot of them are gay or you know some of them are have have shared needles or don't have people like the way some of the ways that they get it isolate them from Mm -hmm. family and friends so they often when they die they don't have people close to them and a lot of times they don't have enough money to pay for things so this funeral home tries to help out and do that for them and so he Mm -hmm. wants to pay for this room to get done and then other people can also use it and he wants it yeah decorated like the french quarter which i thought was really cool because he's from so great yeah and he wants a big jazz band to play a closer walk with E. and um mary joe points out she's like well you know i've been reading about treatments and he's like yeah you know i'm in a treatment but like my t-cells are really really low and it's not there's basically like nothing else that can be done Mm And then Bernice comes in to yeah. try and lift the mood. Oh, jeez, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's telling them about the interesting afternoon she and Anthony have had. And Anthony, poor Anthony, he's just, like, done. Um, All these other things, he's been running her around, and then she, her seatbelt was hanging out of the car. And the metal <laughs> yes. part was, like, making sparks on the road, and so they got pulled over. And so to try and help get out of it. Like they weren't doing anything wrong. I think he just pulled them over to let yeah. them know that this was happening, but you know, yeah. she automatically thinks they're going to get a ticket or something. And she told him, told the officer they were on their honeymoon. It's and crazy. the I'm officer says, there. well, you know, we don't give tickets for making sparks. I was like, I see. Oh <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> it's too much. And then Anthony says, yeah, the cop also said we were one of the most unusual couples he's ever stopped. <laughs> And so they're telling this, you know, to be funny. And all of a sudden, uh, the ladies just, like, burst into tears. And they're like, what's... Yeah. And Anthony's asking them what's wrong. And Bernice offers them some chiclets to make them feel better. <laughs> that was so... <laughs> it's cracked me up. I thought for a second I'd heard her wrong. <laughs> I was like, no. she said chiclets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. And so they, they tell Anthony about, you know, Kendall dying. And Anthony's also friends with him. So, you know, he's very upset also. 
And they point out that Kendall's dying because he didn't have safe sex. And then Bernice, of course, has to try and oh my god, some comedic relief. And she's this is crazy. I don't what in the hell? Sex is all it's cracked up to be. My husband and I weren't that happy. We always had safe sex. We always had it in bed, and I was usually asleep. I don't think you can get any safer than that. Woman. What? Uh, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Um, so then we cut to the PTA meeting. And... I like to know where I unsafe sex is. Huh? Yeah. What? what? Can you tell <laughs> like us about your version of unsafe sex? Like, <laughs> in a moving car. I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, so yeah, we cut to the PTA meeting, and this is very uh, timely because they are talking about sex ed and birth control yep. and pointing out how abstinence is best, which. That is complete and total bullshit. It is. It's it's complete and total bullshit. And we both lived in I don't know what New York's thing is, but North Carolina still teaches abstinence. It do, well, it doesn't teach anything. But if it does, like you don't get to know about condoms. Yeah, in we North didn't know about that. We learned about STDs and we had to look at pictures of all of them. That like that was our education, which is basically about how to prevent them. Uh, yeah, not have sex. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Still have sex. It's like Mean Girls. Don't get sex. Don't have sex, or you will get pregnant and you will die. Like that's yeah. that's our sex education, and that like time and time again is proven to not work. Like, but whatever. Um, yeah. So but Mary- this, is so funny that this is like 2016. Yeah, still We're a conversation. Still having this conversation. They still people still like to pretend that if you tell teenagers to not have sex, then they're not going to have sex. Like that's not what. They have raging hormones. Yeah. Um, uh, Mary Jo speaks That's up. A good thing to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she says, she points out, you know, she, I'm as concerned as everybody else about, you know, our teenagers having sex or not having sex, which is what she would rather. And she hopes that her kids wouldn't. But, like, on the chance that they're gonna, I would be more concerned about my daughter getting something fatal than getting pregnant. Yep. And that's really like we start getting to the essence of this episode is that we're not talking about like teenagers getting pregnant and having babies anymore. We're talking about people dying because they're uneducated and they don't know how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And so whoever is leading the meeting um, says, you know, this is a this is a big deal and they don't have a whole lot of people here. So before they vote, um on the issue of distributing birth control materials on request at school. They want to reconvene next week and get as many parents here as possible to hear out both sides. And of course, this Carolyn lady who yes. has been. I'm actually impressed by that. So they have like both sides. That's yeah. a really interesting like thing. An actual discussion. Um, yeah. So this lady Sorry. who has been spewing bullshit, of course, is going to take the uh, anti group. And then some lady who's sitting behind Mary Jo nominates her to take the pro group and it gets seconded. And she's like, so what? I don't, what am I championing now? And they're like, oh, the right to, to get condoms at school. And she's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't sign up for that, but all right, whatever. Yeah. And so we go back to Sugar Bakers, I guess the next day or a couple days later, whatever. And, um, Mary Jo's been trying to prep, and she has checked out every book in the library on sex ed. And Bernice is like, well, I can help you. I've had sex. What do you want to know? <laughs> and I love that. Because is... I thought about it. I was like, oh, Mary Jo also has, like, children. I think she might know she some things. I don't know. herself, probably. Yes. You know. Probably. Probably. A mm, little bit. A little bit. And, um... She's mortified that all the kids at school are calling her Mary Jo Shively, the condom queen. Yes! <laughs> I love that so much. And Suzanne's like, yeah, that's e- that's one even like I wouldn't try out for. I don't want that title. <laughs> and it. Charlene um, calls... I'd be the condom queen. Huh? I'd be the condom be queen. The condom I used queen? to be Did I ever tell you about that? You no, this what? is a... Never- Never mind. I was going to say, I used to call the dildo fairy. <laughs> I just realized that we're being recorded. And <laughs> why am I talking about this? Well, because it's in, in the same vein of maybe the condom queen is that she's providing for people who like, it's a thing that people might be, you know, embarrassed mm-hmm. to get on their own, especially like teenagers may not want to buy condoms and right. stuff. I would, I offered friends if they wanted me to buy them a sex tour, I would. 
That's nice. And like, because I wasn't embarrassed by it. Right. And uh, at one point, I became known as the dildo. It was a very short time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but I just remember. Very short, very exciting time. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. So, yes. So, yeah, Charlene is talking about uh, how her dad used to keep a box of condoms in his dresser drawer. And she got in a lot of trouble one time because on her birthday, she blew them all up. <laughs> like balloons. Yes, I love that. And so uh, she points out how she was always real confused about the facts of life growing up. One time she crashed her bike into a wall and she couldn't find a Band-Aid. So the next morning she showed up to school oh, with text on her head. Text. Oh, my God. That Co-tex. was so funny. I loved it. How big was that? Co-tex? I know. Like, so was it like a panty liner? Was it like a heavy overnight flow? Like what? Oh, my God. Heavy overnight <laughs> <flow>. <laughs> You're a little child with a giant pad on your head. I love it. And then, um, so Suzanne starts talking about her two cents on sex and how it's very silly and very silly looking and it messes yes. up your hair. Yeah. And she says, I don't think it's something we would have come up with on our own. And <laughs> Julia's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, hormones. Otherwise, like, no one rode around trying to link up with other people in that way. When you get down to it, it's an odd thing to do, don't you think? And at the same time, all of them are like, No. <laughs> No, I love the on the. We have to remember she's been married like eighteen times. She may not care about sex that much, and also with like old like rich men a lot of the time as well. Yeah, money is more important. Mm -hmm. Uh, hormones. The way she says hormones (laughs) is I tried to when I was like tweeting. I wanted to. I wanted to spell the hot hormones. How did she do it? Can you do it? It's H A R. Yeah, these hormones. Yeah, it's like so. It's like M O Y N E S. It's so great. It's just the best word I've ever heard. That's just because I talk about hormones all the time. I need to say it the way she does. Well, it's just got to be hormones. Hormones. And um, I make kind of like a pirate when I try to say it. it doesn't make better. <laughs> hormones. Yeah. So after that, Mary Jo brings up, you know, like having to talk about this thing, and she says that she wishes she were more like Julia. You know thinking uh, of things off the top of her head. She's articulate. She wants um, Julia to teach her how to do, basically, you know, be the Terminator. Yes! And uh, Julia's like, you know, I don't really know what to do. It just kind of happens. And Suzanne's like, well, they don't call you the Terminator for nothing. Yep. And uh, Julia just says, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's like a little angel on your shoulder. (laughs) And Mary Jo's like, I need to learn that, you know, could you, could you get fired up about something and just let me watch? Mm-hmm. And Julia's not fired up about anything. So Mary Jo tries to get her fired up by getting everyone to talk about things that make them mad. Mm-hmm. And Suzanne, this is my favorite Suzanne moment in the entire series. She says, this just makes me furious. When men try <laughs> to use women's liberation as an excuse to not kill bugs for you. I just hate that. I don't care what anyone else says. The man should have to kill the bugs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> She's so upset. I'm so glad that's your sad. favorite like moment. It's really cute. It's her favorite Suzanne moment. Oh. I quoted I actually I quoted it Do like you? two days ago when really? a couple of coworkers, Christina and I were getting uh, she was getting a soda. I was just walking with her and one of our coworkers came up and we were talking about the inside of the coffee machine that's at work. Yeah like the vending coffee machine and how disgusting it is. And sometimes there's like roaches and stuff in those types of machines oh, that they don't get clean. And then I, no. I brought up that scene and I was like, that's my favorite Suzanne. <laughs> oh, that's cute. But also cause she's like talking about like women's lib. It's yeah. like an excuse. When she was saying that, like I was not, I was like, where are we going with where this? Are we going? <laughs> where are we going with this? Yeah. Um, so Mary Jo's like, you know, Julia. And she says, I, I don't think I can add anything to that. <laughs> And then yeah. Anthony comes in and Charlene says, hey, Anthony, you know, tell us something that makes you mad, makes you furious. And he's like, I get really mad, you know, like when you're in prison and you accidentally buy the last package of M&Ms out of the vending machine. And the guy behind you is T. Tommy Reed, who's the meanest guy on your Oh, my God. Line. And when he pulls out yes. that lever and nothing comes out and then he bashes your head against the glass and shoves your hand into the soda dispenser and smashes all the M&Ms on the floor <laughs> and makes you get down on your hands and knees and lick each and every one off the bottom of his shoes. Now, to me, that just doesn't seem right. Oh, my God. Keep it in perspective, right? Right? And Mary Jo's like, yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. And so they ask Bernice. And um, 
Bernice is very upset that everybody seems to like this television show called Max Headroom. Yes. It's like an 80s sci-fi Wait, have you not show. heard of it? You said I've that kind of weird. I've never seen it. No, I've Holy what? Oh, yeah, our age difference is coming in right now. Uh, <laughs> that was two I feel years. Like you you um, all know I know, but you always know everything. So, like, this makes me so surprised you don't know about Max Headroom. Okay, no. continue. No, I looked it up. but uh, Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that it was produced by the British for American Yes. Movie, which makes me really want to watch it. You know what's funny is they just talked about it on another on a podcast I was listening to that everyone thinks it may have been a yeah dude or it may have been shit I don't know somewhere where they were talking about it that it, it, people always think it's American but actually it's like kind of a satire mm-hmm. and it was produced by British but that's yeah that it's it's just God I wish I could remember which which podcast it was, but it cracked me up that I had just heard about it like the day before. <laughs> and then, and then I watched this. I'm like, what? Cause it's so it's, but like, I just remember, I feel like it was kind of referenced or he even was in back to the future. Oh, uh, maybe it was it the second one where they actually goes to the future <laughs> and like the Cubs win and that kind of stuff. And like, there's a, like a head that's on a like TV screen and uh, I remember being like, oh, that's kind of like that weird character that slightly freaks me out that's on TV. I think there was something on MTV, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Continue. Yeah. So, but Bernice is mad because everybody's giving attention to the main character or actor in the show. And she says that, you know, he's not half the actor that Larry Hagman is. And <laughs> It was around this like, time that you kind of noticed that Imogene is sitting in the back. Like, you didn't really see her before when they were talking, but as the camera pans, she's, mm-hmm. like, looking through samples or something at Julia's desk. And then Kendall comes in, and uh, they start telling him about all the things they're getting ready to do. And um, Charlene's like, yeah, let me, like, come over here. I want to show you the sample. And she grabs his hand, and he kind of, like, startles a little bit and pulls back, and he's like... She's like, Are you yeah. Okay? And he was like, that Yeah, I'm just surprised you took my hand. Oh, man. Ugh. That was a big thing. So, side note you know that Max Headroom was portrayed by Matt Fewer, Fewer from who was Leaky on Orphan Black, right? What? That's part of the connection. Yeah, what? I was like, I'm really surprised you didn't know about that. And that's I how when I'm watching. Hair. Yeah, when I'm watching like Orphan Black, and also he was, you know, in um, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But that's the thing is, I originally saw him in that, and so I was like, I always just am like, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the thing about the hand holding, there was a very famous picture. I'm going to look it up while we're talking of um, Princess Diana shaking the hand without a glove of of someone with AIDS, oh. and that like she was one of the first like dignitaries, I think, to do that. Uh, at this time because it was people thought and I love how they that they use it this as an excuse to talk about no you can't get it from just touching yeah, somebody yeah they immediately yeah. go into that and he because um, K- um, Kendall points out that like even some of the nurses wouldn't like you know directly deal with him like people who are supposed to be educated about all the ways that you can and can't get things and stuff um, and Mary Jo's like you know I can't believe that you know um and then they, like you said, they talk about how that's ridiculous. That's not airborne. You know, people would know it by now. Yeah. And uh, that was in uh, 1991, by the way, Princess Diana. Oh, wow. And guess where? Toronto, Canada. <laughs> I'm going to send you the this link, by the oh, way, so we can you. post it on the website. Yeah. Um, and Suzanne points out uh, further PSA. That's not really PSA. That she went to see their <laughs> doctor yesterday and that you can't get AIDS from touching anybody. Just sex, blood and yes. shared needles. And Mary, this is where Mary Jo's like, yeah, you know, if it were airborne, somebody would have gotten it that way by now. And mm-hmm. and he says, Kendall, um, it's like they don't actually know, right? Or was that isn't that where he says it? Um, he asks them how they They're got like, so smart. Oh, oh no, I know. He doesn't that. know how it started. That's what it was. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Right. And so Julia cool. says, you know, I'll tell you something else that makes me mad. And then Mary Jo says, are you about to get all fired up? <laughs> yeah, says, have we have we pointed out the Imogene's in the background this whole time? Yes. Okay, sorry. Okay, I was I was also listening and like looking up things and being a poop. Continue. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> so she says that she was reading about these Hollywood producers who are now going to depict people not being promiscuous and sleeping around because of AIDS. But what she wants to know is what was wrong with not sleeping around before AIDS. 
God forbid anyone be sexually discriminating because it's virtuous or loyal or classy. No, now it's as if they have a new reason for people to have morals again. Which, yeah. I don't know about all that, but... <laughs> You grown-ass wow. person, as long as you're responsible with your body and the body oh, of the people I see what you're saying. engaged in, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. Okay. Like, we shouldn't have judgments about sex in general. Right. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, We're like, on the same page with that. I agree with her, but not for her reasons. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so now Imogen uh, stands up and she's like, oh, is that the, the boy whose funeral you're planning? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if these boys hadn't been doing what they've been doing, they wouldn't be getting oh, 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 oh. And this is where it begins. I just... This bitch. this bitch. Yeah. And Mary Jo points out that gays aren't the only people who are getting it. And she says, yeah. no, but they're the ones who started it. And this is where Kendall says, no, like, actually no one really knows where it got started. It's just showing yeah. up in gay people more than other people just now. Yeah. And Imogen says, yep, and you reap what you sow. You brought this on yourself. As far as I'm concerned, this disease has one thing going for it. Insert episode title here. It's killing all the right people. I can't believe. Yeah. How? 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 I cannot believe. I don't, ca- I don't care why someone is dying. How the fuck do you look at a dying person and say, oh, well, it's a good thing this is killing you. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just. Flames on the side of my face. Right? <laughs> Speaking of which, Julie's about to get the fuck fired up. <laughs> oh my God. This was my favorite. This was my absolute favorite. I love her so much. It was so good. Yeah. She says, you know, Imogen, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to move your car. And she's like, why? She's like, because you're leaving. Yeah. And she says, there's the only thing worse than all these people who have never had any morals before AIDS are all you holier than thou types who think that you are exempt from getting it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I am exempt. You know, this is God's punishment for what they've done. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Then how come lesbians get it less? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, that's not for me to say. It's still oh, gay sex. It's idiot. just gay sex between two women. But she's also talking for somebody and else, and then she can't really explain yeah. her reasoning. It's like, shut the hell up, you exactly. know? You don't know what you're talking about. No. And she said, I just know that these people are getting what they deserve, and Julia's like, I have known you for 27 years. Horrible. And if God was giving out sexually transmitted diseases as punishment for sinning, you would be at the free clinic all the time. Love it. <laughs> and she, yeah. like, she pauses for effect, and then she says... And so would the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And Bernice points yes. out, you know, you know, she makes a good point. And then yeah. Image is just being a bitch, like mm. an all around bitch. And she tells Bernice, she's like, who cares what you think? You're not even all there. And Bernice says, <laughs> well, as long as we're on the subject, neither are you. And she's tapping at her heart. Love it. Yes. Yes. Um, and she's like, well, you don't have to worry about my business anymore. And Julia's like, great. I'll close out all your accounts. And then as Imogen has left, Julia is shouting at the door, out the door. My son uh-huh. has an A in chemistry. In fact, <laughs> he's making all A's in every subject, including P.E. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. So many E's. <laughs> P.E. It's like 80s. <laughs> yeah. And Charlene closes the scene with, well, she finally got fired up. Mm-hmm. And Julia says, is that what you had in mind, Mary Jo? And she says, not bad. And Julia just tells her, you know, find something that inspires you to get, Mm -hmm. you know, fired up about. Mm -hmm. And so then we cut back to the following PTA meeting the next week. um, And Carolyn is being a dick. um, Talking about how providing condoms just piques the interest of sex in teenagers. Sweetheart. They don't need anything to pique their interest. They got the hormones. They got the hormones. They don't need the condoms. I mean, they need the condoms. They, but it's already there. Is my point? Not going to pique anything. It's peaked. It's Mount Kilimanjaro. It's so damn peaked. Did you think she looked like Tammy Faye Baker too? I did. Okay, I didn't know if that was just me. Like not exactly, but like there was something that I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So she argues that, like, you know, they've got this interest in there. It's peaked. And now because, like, if we hand out condoms or give condoms to them, they'll think that's a green light, that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think, what do my notes say? Oh, nah, bitch. You just know about it 
more because there are more consequences without protection. Like, because if you have protection, then bitches aren't getting pregnant. People aren't dying. Like, but when it's not there, that's when you hear about, I mean, well, it's like, and they could have fire when it's not like, I mean, it's not like they'll be like throwing condoms all around all the time. Like, here you go. That's so much sex. They're not going to make it rain condoms. Like there's, yeah. If a kid asks, they're there. mm Yes, that's the whole thing. They could even be in a bowl in the nurse's office, you know? Yes. Like, it's not... Come on. It can be discreet. Um, and so she points out that parents, not the government, knows what's best for their children. Mm-hmm. And then Mary Jo says, that's you know... I love this. Sorry, yeah. continue. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree that parents usually know what's best, but I also think it's a fantasy to think that these wonderful talks about sex are going to happen in the home or that yep. every teen is going to abstain from sex. Like yep. You can't just ignore it and think it's going to go away. And also so much pressure on the parents, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that is kind of the point. But yeah, still, but it's but like, it's, I mean, you wouldn't expect your parents to teach your kids everything, right? Like, no. I don't know. And some parents I don't just know. don't. So then they're not they're getting still, it. Yeah. It's like not something that's discussed in some households. Yeah. So then, like, no one knows anything. Um, And she's trying to make this point and Carolyn interrupts her and she's like, oh, yeah, well, that's what all you people say is that they're going to do it anyway. So let's help them along. It's like saying we're going to have criminals in our society. So let's give them guns. Nope. And Mary Jo's like, nah. (laughs) Nah, Yeah, I love the response to this. It's more like saying, let's provide gun control. Mm -hmm. Which is a very valid Perfect. And she's like, and I don't like we're providing these things that are available in many public restrooms. Like, it's not like. Yeah, it's like it's a secret. Yeah. And Bernice cheers for her, which I thought was really cute. Yes. And Carolyn's like, well, you know, they're, like you said, they're in public restrooms, so why should we bring that garbage into our public schools? Oh, my God. Well, so are our tampons, so are mints. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. And Mary Jo's like, well, because that garbage helps prevent AIDS. You know, I support Mm -hmm. abstinence, but I think it's unrealistic to think. And then she gets interrupted again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so you're saying that if your 15-year-old daughter is determined to have sex, you won't have a problem sending her to a dance with a boy who has a condom in his wallet provided by your tax dollars. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And about this time, Kendall and Anthony come in. Uh, they've been, I guess, at a game and have finished up their interviews early and they came to kind of provide some moral support. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is Mary Jo's big speech. And she says, you know, I have a dear, sweet, funny friend who's 24 years old. Not much oh. older than the kids in our school that we're talking about right now. He mm. came to me this week and asked me to help plan his funeral because he's dying from AIDS. Mm. Something that he got before he even knew what it was or how to prevent it. Mm. And she said, I've been thinking a lot about his mother this week and what she might give for the opportunity that I might have tonight. Yeah. And she says, because now we know how to help prevent it. Prevent AIDS. Yeah. And it shouldn't matter what your views on birth control, because you see, we're not talking about preventing births anymore. We're talking about preventing deaths. Yep. And she's like, why? We're like, we're still debating this. But for me, this debate is over. And more important than what any civil leader or PTA or board of education thinks about teens having sex or any immoral act that my daughter or your son might engage in is the bottom line that I don't think they should have to die for it. Yes. And like what? There's no argument Perfect. against that. Like what? Beautiful. What do you say after that? Yeah, and love it. You can just see like the the really sweet, sincere look in Kendall's face as he's clapping for her. Yes. Um, oh, and it's like they get kind of then, slow. Yeah, and then we freeze <laughs> on his face. Of course we do. I can't. I was like, I was mad. I was. Yeah, like, you I was bitch pissed. Every time. Assholes. Every time I watch this episode, <laughs> I cry. I was like, you motherfuckers! It's lunchtime. Uh, sitting at my desk. There are people oh, around. Jeez, I, I maybe should have warned you to not watch it at work. No, I've seen it. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen that. it a bunch of times. So I was like, no, I'll yeah, be okay. But still, no, every time, every time. Yeah. Um, oh. So yeah, then we cut to his casket in this beautiful French quarterly room they have designed, and there's a jazz band. Um, French quarterly room. I love that. It's so good. <laughs> and they're playing a closer walk with thee, and um, all of his friends, the ladies are there, and some of his other friends, and they're all singing along. And then we get the credits, and we're all sobbing uncontrollably. Yes. Yes. It's like, just, I mean, the the definition of bittersweet, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, what a good episode. 
man. It is one. It is nice to know that like getting the diagnosis these days is not a direct death sentence. sentence. It was at one point and luckily it's, it's not anymore. It is. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's odd to think I, I, I'm a little nervous to even say too much because I'm sure we have listeners that may have HIV or AIDS or have family members or loved ones that have HIV or AIDS. So it's like my, um, experiences very much from an outsider viewpoint so i don't want to say anything wrong but um i i work with people in the hospital now uh that have both uh, either hiv or, or aids but so many other things too and it's um yeah i'm glad that it's not a direct death sentence anymore mm-hmm. and that people have that i i met a woman who was like she she was like 95 and she had HIV and she was still very, very healthy, you know, considering she, she looked healthy and everything. And so it, it, that was one of the first times I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, it's so weird. I feel like people have not seen this. Like, I feel like people don't know some of the stuff that's said even in this episode today. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Uh, that's why we need World AIDS Day to raise that's awareness, like teach some people. We do it at my school. We actually um, have, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be at, at the hospital, but uh, we have stuff that we do because uh, we've had students who have uh, had the diagnosis and mm-hmm. uh, friends and that kind of thing. So, yeah. I hope we see a cure in our lifetime. Yeah, they're actually uh, one of my best friends, Michaela, is working uh, in the preventative medicine. Oh, actually, that's cool. Yeah, they they have um, they have things now that can act that that I mean I don't understand it. <laughs> it's right. all it's like magic, but um, but they actually have things that could prevent from getting HIV. It seems like that's medicinal, and I'm like, huh? And so they she's been working with actually. Um, uh, she's working with uh, sex workers. Oh yeah. Uh, even and uh, and and also drug addicts too. But like that's like a big thing, especially like trans sex workers, um, uh, to see how effective things are. Well, effective are like are people going to take it? Not like effective like oh yeah for preventing things, but more like it's like with condoms. It's like this. Like if if the kids aren't even given the condoms, how are they going to prevent how stuff? Gonna, it's yeah. like if people, yeah, if people aren't going to take the medicine. How is it going to work? So. That's what she's doing now. So they're trying to um, have no new diagnoses within the next, like by 2020, I think it is. Oh, that would be awesome. That's what they're trying to do. It's down a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the numbers. I'd have to ask her. But, um, yeah, that's so funny. I just thought about I should have asked her for, like, information about for this episode, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's all right. Um, did you have a favorite outfit for this week? I do. It's um, Bernice's dress. Oh, good. And I was worried we were going to pick the same one. <laughs> when she comes in <laughs> with Anthony after yes, their weird one. cop incident, it's just it's that was my second runner-up patterns and like yes. purple and pink, and there's like a tie yeah. around her neck that's very also her. attached to her dress. Yes, yeah, it's it's very Bernice and her hair, of course, and then you know the earrings and everything. Sundance. Oh my gosh, get down. Um, oh, hello, Sunny. Oh, 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 are you getting attacked? No, she just didn't want to get down. Her claws came out. Oh, um, oh. yeah, it's just it's beautifully Bernice, and I love it. Oh, perfect. How about you? Um, I liked uh, Mary Jo's dress that she wears in, like the first few scenes. That it's also like very Mary Jo, like it's purple, and she has oh, one yeah, of her huge ass like cummerbund, cummerbund, <laughs> cummerbund, <laughs> cummerbund like belt things uh around it ah it was so good it looked it looked comfortable she looked good she she is so skinny like not a bad way no but yeah she wears things that goes with her body you know and i like that um and uh yeah it it was very her and the but the hair i did like tweet about (laughs) the hair in this episode there was a, a scene that i caught where it's just they're there with kendall and it's like everyone's hair is the biggest thing <laughs> in the world. And it, but you know what? I woke up with my hair looking like that today because I washed my hair last night and I blow dried it mm-hmm. uh, so that it wasn't like all flat when I woke up today. <laughs> it was the theory that I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to wash it tonight and wake up and it's going to be all like on my head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also so I could go to sleep sooner because it would be wet. But uh, I woke up with it just like sticking up. I look like Kendall. Like... <laughs> 
because it's getting longer too. So I was like, boom. Yeah, it was good. I could have been on this episode, you know, and I would have been proud to be. I'm talking nonsense now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, is that our episode? I think that's our episode. It's a very good one. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, hope you guys get a chance to watch it and uh, tell us what you think about it. Share your thoughts and stuff. People were responding a bit more on uh, Twitter this time, so uh, after they, yeah, I love it. And ha- hopefully, after people like listen, can share their thoughts and your stories, any like World AIDS Day stories, yeah. we will definitely post those and stuff. Um, yeah. Which, speaking of, I guess I can give the little blurbage. Uh, you guys can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, Pinterest, for Sugar Baker Girls, like everywhere, um, and iTunes and uh, Facebook. And you can find us on Podbean at the Girls Who Came to Sugar Bakers. What else? I think that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I usually let you do that spiel, and I was like, I'll just do it. Just do it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, we'll talk guys. to you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. That child is pickled. He's been, he's he's been pickled. Not, he can't die. It's never gonna die. No. Don't worry about it. Not we need to happen. start worrying about the kind of life we're gonna leave for him when we're gone. <laughs> That's true. It's just going to be Keith and the cockroaches and the children. <laughs> I believe that Keith Richards is our future. 